Good morning and welcome to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. This morning we'll be having a discussion with our very own District Attorney of Clearfield County, Ryan Sayers, when we return. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by our friends at Community County Services for local family-based mental health. Hi folks, are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services, we provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. This morning in office is our very own district attorney, Ryan Sayers. Ryan, welcome to Contact. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And so, Ryan, we're just going to jump in and uh, have a great discussion this morning. Um, Can you tell me who is Ryan Sayers and what does a district attorney do? I think some people have ideas that you just sit around and try cases. Uh, that is the furthest thing from the truth. That's uh, definitely a big part of it. But uh, so a little bit about myself. I grew up in Frenchville, so the northeast part of Clearfield County. I uh, went to Clearfield High School, went to then Washington Jefferson College down below Pittsburgh. Uh, after that, went to Duquesne for law school and then came back here, worked for attorneys Nadio and Lewis for a uh, number of years, had my own practice for a few more years, and then eventually got elected in 2019 as district attorney. And as for what the DA does, uh, I, I tell people the 100% rule. So I have 10% is doing educational stuff like this, talking to the public, going into schools, going to church meetings, um, kind of letting people know what's going on in the system, what they can do to help, and kind of giving them the behind-the-curtain view of what the DA does. Uh, then I would say 30% of it is being an attorney, so being in the courtroom, what people expect. But that other 60% that people don't see a lot of is the meeting with the chief. So we, act, we have four uh, major municipal departments that have full-time coverage, two part-time municipal departments, and three state police barracks that cover the county, plus the attorney general's office, the U.S. attorney general's office. So th- that's a lot of efforts to coordinate when you're dealing with search warrants, reviewing complaints, dealing with investigations. Um, And then, of course, they're still dealing with the court and coordinating efforts there, the commissioners, because they are uh, the the purse strings of the county. So there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, and that's a vast majority of what the district attorney does is coordinating all that. Right. I think most people get the idea if you're a district attorney, you're just in the courtroom and you're trying cases or determining what to do with those cases. But uh, I think there's a lot, as you just laid out, that makes your head want to spin. And, and in terms of how many meetings and how many different people are pulling on you at any single day to have a probably a conversation about the law and things going on in our county, right? I mean, a- absolutely. And, and that's the thing with uh, cell phones nowadays. I'm not sure how back before cell phones the DAs did it because my phone's constantly getting emails, text message, and phone calls from police officers or agents dealing with some kind of issue. So it, it's definitely a 24-7 365 job and I do enjoy hunting season when I can go out to a a property that I have and there's no cell phone service. I'm sure (laughs) I'm sure and most of us enjoy that as well uh, to be able to get away but can you also tell us about your staff like how big is the staff for uh, our district attorney? Okay so for Clearfield County we have 
on average over the last few years between 13 and 1400 cases a year that we deal with. That doesn't include some of the cases that are resolved at the magisterial level, plus juvenile cases, plus appeals. So a pretty decent size caseload. And we have myself, three full-time attorneys and one part-time uh, attorney as well. And then we have uh, three secretarial staff, one paralegal that deals with all of our discovery, and then three ladies in our victim witness office. Yeah, quite the staff. I don't yes. think, again, people would realize what it takes to run our DA's office. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to Contact, but recently we had uh, a young man on, Justin Buchanan, who uh, shared his riveting story about his drug use. And unfortunately, he was involved in drugs, sold drugs, uh, but I say miraculously, uh, turned his life around. Obviously, drugs are a big are a big problem in rural counties across America, not just here in Clearfield County, but I'm sure you're seeing some of that and, and the cases that you have to deal with or issues that you have to deal with. What are some things that we can do? Like, for instance, are you in favor of a drug court? I've heard different counties have it. Do we have one? Are you in favor of it? So that was actually one of the things that I ran on uh, when I was uh, trying to get elected in 2019. Uh, because I do believe in a drug court. And this isn't a, you know, right or left issue. This is what do we need to do? Because when you're looking at the drug or any addiction issue, one single thing isn't going to fix it. You have to look at all the tools right. in the toolbox. And drug court is one of those. And about two thirds or better of the counties in the Commonwealth have a drug court or similar type program. Uh, we do not in Clearfield County. Uh, we did have a meeting. We tried to get the drug court started. We had all the uh, stakeholders in. We had a policy drafted up. Um, judge Cherry agreed to sit and be the judge to preside over that drug court. We even had a grant to uh, pay for the first year of a drug court coordinator position. Um, however, at the end of the day, uh, it was not approved by the court. So we are um, sitting, kind of waiting at this point, hopefully come back around to it at some point, because I believe that a drug court is really important. And I, I told people when I was running, that what a drug court does is helps a person while also holding them accountable. So they're under the thumb of the court because they have to answer to probation and uh, clear for Jefferson drug and alcohol as well as the judge. But what it really does is helps the individual get a job, get housing, uh, make sure they have food, make sure they make all their mental health appointments, uh, any addiction counseling that they need, basically help them break that addiction cycle. And the statistics that are out there if you're an addict, you're more than likely always going to have that in your brain. You're always going to be an addict. However, your chance of relapse or recidivism drops exponentially after one year. If you can go one year clean, that is really the benchmark that anybody in the addiction world um, has told me that we need to get to. Yeah, that makes sense because I feel like uh, the conversations I've had here, even on this show and even outside of this show, uh, some of our local politicians are saying, we always see the same people in jail. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what you were just talking about, right? We, so we have to come at this from a different angle, I think. Absolutely. And the judges have even said that from the bench. They're like, this person has come in on a probation or parole violation for the third, fourth, fifth, sixth time. And based on the, the sentencing guidelines or what their underlying charge was, they might only get another 30 days in jail and they're back out or 90 days in jail and they're back out. There's not much you can do. And when they're in there, they'll they'll 
clean up for a few days, but when they get back out, it hasn't alleviated the underlying cause of the addiction, whatever that is, mental health, um, depression, dealing with uh, no housing, and they're bouncing around between different places they're staying and they use drugs because they're dealing with those individuals. So that's what a drug court is meant to do. Luckily, though, um, through the Attorney General's office, they have what is called the Letty Program, the Law Enforcement Treatment Initiative. And the Attorney General was here last August um, to help kick off that program. Um, it's a DA program, but they have provided the assistance for it. And it allows us to do a drug court light. It's at the magisterial level. Um, so up until the point that the charges are through the magistrate, the DA has pretty much absolute control on whether charges go forward or not. And the idea is, all right, we're going to hold off on these charges, but we're going to give you a chance to go through the program through Clearfield Jefferson Drug and Alcohol, who is uh, quarterbacking it, the program. And if they get through it, then, you know, we resolve the case. It, it gets withdrawn because they've gone at least a year and the program traditionally takes up to a year and a half to complete. Yeah. So if you go that long, you the misdemeanor that you were looking at the once again we're talking about addicts we're not talking about the traffickers right and i think that's a obviously a big distinction but obviously it's good to hear that we have some sort of program is it still your wish to push for teen court at your level or are you satisfied with this program teen court or drug court i'm sorry okay. drug court yeah we used to have teen court so yes, that was uh, that's not discussion for a different yes. day yep. <laughs> drug court drug court i i still want to push for it because there are people that are in the system right now that we can't deal with so those people that are on their third or fourth probation violation because they keep using they go in they come out yep. they go in they come out we can't help them via the letty program because they're already in the court of comma please we need a drug court that would encompass those individuals. Understood, and thanks for clarifying. I didn't mean to confuse you there. <laughs> no, you're uh, good. Definitely two different courts, but you mentioned something in one of your answers, uh, prosecutorial discretion, which is a tough word for me to say, but there is a DA in Pennsylvania who seems to be in trouble. That would be Larry Krasner. He's getting lots of attention out of Philadelphia. Uh, we are seeing DAs around the country. It's not hard to turn on the news and see areas in our country where People are committing certain crimes, at least what we would consider crimes. They're stealing or something that may seem benign, but it's a big deal. It is our DA's choice to prosecute, right? Can you explain some of that and talk about what your thoughts are on who on DAs who don't seem to, in my opinion at least, uphold the law? Absolutely. So the, the biggest power of the district attorney, besides being the chief law enforcement officer, but with that comes prosecutorial discretion. And that means we get the final say on whether a case is filed or it's not, period, end of story. And there are 67 DAs in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. 66 of them are part of the DA's association. When Krasner, DA Krasner became the DA of Philadelphia County after being their chief public defender, he withdrew the Philadelphia DA's office from the association. So that tells you the kind of team player he is, which he's not. Right. Um, That's interesting. I didn't even know that. Yes. So he uh, and he has laid out a blanket policy in Philadelphia for certain crimes that he will not prosecute or he'll offer ARD, which is um, basically a probation light. Do it for a period of months and then it's expunged from your uh, record when other DAs in the Commonwealth aren't offering ARD for such crimes or around here we are prosecuting. So. Obviously, uh, we talked about it a little bit before, but drugs are a major problem. And I would say that at least three quarters of the case, the criminal cases in Clearfield County 
are related to drugs, whether it's actual use of drugs, trafficking of drugs, DUIs, theft to pay for your habits, all those things are all a vast majority of our caseload. Um, yeah, that's sad, though, right? I mean, right. that's something that just is almost heartbreaking, quite frankly. I think you said two-thirds? I, I would say at least two-thirds. That's an incredible number. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it, it's a large number, either drug or drug-related. And, and, wow. Uh, so to not prosecute drug-related crimes, uh, I, I think, would be um, a real travesty. And it would not be me upholding my oath to do my job to uphold the laws of the Commonwealth. So I think that we have to, and we're not talking, and obviously that's a debate for a different day, that we have medical marijuana, and marijuana at some point, everybody says, at some point is going to probably be approved by the legislature and the governor uh, on a recreational status. Right now, it's still legal. Um, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about right. meth, fentanyl, and heroin, um, which are the major three drugs that we're seeing right now. That's what, when you're reading the police logs or reading the news or whatever you're listening to or reading, we're seeing overdoses on a regular basis. And it's not overdose from marijuana or alcohol. Right. It is overdose and death from meth, fentanyl, and heroin. Mm, so, so heartbreaking when you read those. And you can tell when that's the case, but... Just heartbreaking that we're uh, experiencing that. Um, I want to kind of switch gears here and kind of come back to the county, at the county level. Recently, we had a very serious situation. We had a breakout. Two, two people broke out of jail. Um, I think Warden Kessling's got a tough job, and I think he's doing actually a really good job for our county from those I've heard from. Can you talk about that? This is a serious issue because I think people have this like movie idea of what it means to break out of jail and what it looks like, but there are real repercussions to to committing that type of crime. Absolutely. And and so going to your movie reference, what happened here was not somebody tunneling out or <laughs> right. climbing over a fence or anything yeah. like that. Um, the, the two individuals, and the, the warden mentioned this at the prison board meeting last week or two weeks ago, and these two individuals had worked in laundry, they'd worked in the kitchen, they had earned the trust of everybody there to do these um, jobs right. at the jail. And then the, they were trusted to go out and mow. And they had been outside on multiple days on the mowing crew. That day in particular, Memorial Day, they decided to take off. And what they're looking at now, based on their prior records, um, one of them's looking at at least a year on just the escape charge. Not, we're not even talking about their other cases. And the other guy has a worse prior record, and he's looking at almost two years as as a minimum on just these. And that's charge. just a tack on. That's an add-on to whatever they were already serving for, right? Absolutely. Yep. And I just think like. Again, you could have like made some better decisions to not do that, right? I mean, that's just something added on. Well, in the one individual, he had signed a plea to um, his three cases, and those three cases, it was about four months that he it, he signed a plea for four months. But he had two and a half, a little over two and a half months in when he so, when he escaped. So, so he, he was almost done, and now he's looking at at least another year in state prison. In state prison, Correct. which will be a lot different than the Clearfield County Jail. Absolutely. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. 
I, I, I find that, but again, I want to be clear. It was not like Warden Kessling's fault. And you have no. said you have confidence in him. Do you today? And how does that affect uh, your job when that happens? So uh, I, abs- I have the absolute utmost confidence in Warden Kessling. He came here uh, almost exactly two years ago from a long career in the Department of Corrections. And he has done an amazing job of implementing policies and working with the commissioners to rehab the jail that has been kind of crumbling on itself because it hasn't been touched in almost 40 years. Um, so, but he has done a fantastic job. I, I, I can't sing his praises enough. Um, obviously, though, that does lead some, uh, give me some more work because of these two individuals. But the uh, the warden and the judges have implemented some policies that should um, deter this from happening again. Yes, and I think uh, you know, unfortunately, when things like this happen, you do learn a lot from it, and I'm sure. The warden and the staff and all of Clearfield County are taking a hard look at that to make sure it's all correct. So that's great news to hear, and I appreciate the update. Um, something else going on that may affect uh, the court system, as it seems, is there are workers not showing up to not, it seems the jail, the jail definitely got its attention, but perhaps other offices uh, in the county, people are just not showing up. Uh, Commissioner Glass put out a statement. A very strong statement, I thought, saying, I hope this isn't just people just calling off to be uh, messing with the negotiations, right? There are a lot of negotiations going on in the county. Do you want to give your thoughts on that? or? So uh, the CEOs at the uh, the day shift CEOs two days in a row um, a few weeks ago did call off. Um, they, they called off sick, and which is their right. Uh, they have those days they can use them. Uh, do I think think that maybe a message was trying to be sent? Potentially. Um, I know that uh, recently the employees at the courthouse and the courthouse annex did a a similar thing. They used sick days and they called off. um, And what this is all tying to, my guess, is that the union contract's up and the commissioners are attempting to negotiate. But what the big reason that a lot of people work for the county is the health insurance, and right. it, it's it's a nice pol it's really nice policy, but I mean my secretary is the one has been there seventeen years and only makes fourteen dollars and fourteen change an hour, so clearly working for the benefits, not the pay. Right. And with this new contract, we have, uh, by what I'm told, the they're trying to raise the pay a little bit, but they're dialing back the the health insurance policy. And that has really ruffled some feathers because uh, nobody should have to, uh, depending on health insurance, nobody should have to take home a negative paycheck. Right. <laughs> they, right. they shouldn't have to pay in. They should be able to take some pay home at the end uh, of, of a pay period. So uh, I, I don't... Is uh, it affecting the courts in any negative way yet, or have you seen a slowdown? Uh, I, I mean, obviously, with those employees not showing up um, for those days, calling off sick, that did bring some uh, court functions to a, a grinding halt because the Prothonotary's Office and Clerk of Courts deals with prop, uh, processing all the court orders, mm. any any filings on the right. civil side. So that did slow things up for a few days. Um, and, I, and as I said, I'm not... Uh, 
taking a stance one way or the other, but obviously the commissioner's got a hard job looking at the budget numbers and they got to make this work. Obviously the employees want a livable wage. So it, it's a difficult process and I know they are going to arbitration. Yeah, no, I think it's a very difficult process and yeah. there are a lot of things that go on behind the scenes, go on in the meetings, uh, but that's why we've got three county commissioners to handle that, right? Yes, so, agreed. So let me ask you, uh, you know, there are a couple of questions I still want to get to, but one is a uh, big thing here in Dubois. We have consolidation going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since I was a kid, that was a very tough thing to pass. Finally, very, it passed very, it was really, really close to not passing. Um, I think it was like 300 and some votes, but do you want to talk about the consolidation? What I'm looking at specifically are the police departments. Uh, Dubois and Sandy are in, uh, it seems that when you read the Courier, big negotiations and big meetings going on there. Yeah, I, I don't know all the, the nuances of it, but I, I can say as the district attorney, as the chief law enforcement officer for the county, I, I was a proponent of this happening. Um, I don't know about you know the fire department and the street crew and all that, but in regards to the police departments, absolutely. So I've done ride-alongs with the departments. I have talked to the officers. I've talked to the chiefs. And it, at the end of the day, you have a municipality inside of, a muni- of another municipality, and they were backing each other up. If they would get calls in the middle of the night where there might only be one car on for each, they would back each other up. Um, and they work well together as it is already. So I don't want to say they're duplicating services, but it is going to allow for a streamlining of the process. Um, the big thing on my end that I see is, so the state police, their barracks are set up where you have a patrol unit and you have a criminal investigative unit. Right now, those depart- the, the municipal departments are set up that it's pretty much all patrol and administration, but all patrol, and then if an officer gets something that really needs the time and effort to investigate it, they're going to be pulled from patrolling because they're going to have to take the time to talk to witnesses, get statements, do subpoenas, do search warrants. With a department of what's going to be the new size, they're going to be able to have more cars patrolling at a time, and there's going to be a drug unit is what I'm told, so there are going to be officers that are designated purely to investigating drug crimes and drug trafficking, but also have detectives that will, if something really big happens, you know, homicide, um, a rape charge, child's uh, crimes, then in that case, that officer will deal with it and it won't pull an officer off the street from patrolling. Right. So I, I think it's really a benefit to everyone. A lot of great benefits es- there. Especially coming, the community. Yeah, yes. especially f- coming for our community. Yeah. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to finish up with our district attorney, Ryan Sayers. Contacts on Connect FM is brought to you in part by our friends at Community County Services for local family based mental health. Each day in Pennsylvania, there's at least 15,000 children taken from their homes due to abuse or neglect. Foster parents provide homes to these needy children. Lifespan Family Services trains, supports, and compensates foster parents to address this problem. Call Lifespan Family Services today at 375-1314 or drop in at the Dubois Mall or at Lane Avenue in Punxsutawney. Lifespan Family Services, helping people help children every day. 375-1314. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. We're finishing up uh, having a great discussion with our District Attorney, Ryan Sayers. I know we've hit you with some 
lots of questions from all over uh, different areas and you've handled those. Well, I'm going to try to give you an easy one now. I know you're very involved in the Boy Scouts and what does that organization mean to you and how important is it to give back to the community? And honestly, that that is a huge part of my life because I was raised. Went my dad and parent, mom, my mom and dad took me to Cub Scouts, crossed over into Troop Nine in Clearfield, um, earned Eagle in in two thousand three, and when I came back from law school, I immediately hopped back into the Boy Scouts because I know how much that program has given to me, and really molded me into who I am today. Whether it's you know, the basic first aid that I use when I'm out hiking, whether it's actually me out camping and hiking, um, or just knowing the Constitution and the Pledge of Allegiance, those kind of things. So I, uh, I think it is important, not just the Boy Scouts, but everybody get involved volunteering, because it is our job to make sure that the next generation has values and principles and help them uh, to be really the, the next generation that leads our community. Yeah, I think it's extremely important to our community, and you're always, uh, we're Facebook friends, so I've mm-hmm. seen your pictures, uh, lots of stuff with the Boy Scouts, so, but we appreciate you coming on, contact, and being open and sharing uh, your thoughts with us, and just want to wish everybody a great day in our community. Well, thank, thank you for you coming much. on, DA. Thank you for having me.